Welcome to Wisdom Plug Podcast with your host, Yemi Davids. The wiser you are, the better you live. Satan hates collaboration. I just want you to understand that Satan hates when we collaborate, when we do things together. This is beyond just for married couples. Anywhere, Satan says that the cooperation of these two people or more will result in positives. He tries to fight it. Understand that about hell. They love to isolate people, to destroy people. Satan likes people to do things on their own so he can deal with them on their own. And if you are that kind of person, you need to change your mindset. Some of us are like that. You just like my own thing, my own life. You can't go far, not with God, but maybe far with Satan. Two are better than one. That's what scripture says. For they have a better reward for their labor. Your life can be that better by yourself. So you realize that from the beginning of time, there has always been wars. That's the reason. The devil knows that if the... Igbos, Yorubas, the Aousas co cooperate together. This nation will be far more glorious. In spite of your resources, in spite of your, of your potentials, when you are divided, everything is zeroed. And our nation, Nigeria, is a classic example of that. We have fantastic human resource. We have, uh, what do you call it, uh, natural resources. We are too talented. Sports-wise, it's amazing. But those things count for nothing when you are divided. So scripture says in Psalms 133, uh, 1 to 3, it says, How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell. Can we have that scripture? To dwell together in unity. It says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in what? Unity. Unity is good. Unity is pleasant. Verse 2, it is like the precious oil on the head running down on the bed, the bed of Heron running down on the edge of the garments. Now, in a spiritual setting like this, I want to say a united church is an anointed church. A united church enables the anointing to reach everyone. It's not just the pastor that the pastor is anointed and powerful. He says, it is like the precious oil upon the head, the head, the set man. When God calls a ministry, he anoints a head. There's a head. There's a leader. And then the anointing flows down to his bed. The leaders, call leaders. And then the bed of Aaron running down to where? The edge of his garments means the anointing touches everybody. Healing anointing. That's why I'm taking time to read out those testimonies. One of the things that I enjoy as a leader, as a pastor, is to see that what you are preaching or what you are proclaiming is finding effect in the lives of God's people. So an, a, a united church is an anointed church. And I want to encourage our teams in church, our families in church, to place a high premium on unity. <laughs> if you look at the fall of Peter, the first thing Satan did was to isolate him. He was alone. Peter was alone. And then the enemy came for him. He denied his master thrice. So anytime you see a believer, you don't hear from them. Uh, where are you? Uh, don't worry, I'm fine. 
and then it's, it continues like that, the next thing you will hear is an attack from Satan. Either they backslide, or they get into sin, or they just start doing some stuff. Because two are better than one, for they have a better reward for their labor. Can we have the verse 3 of that, uh, of that uh, psalm? This is a psalm that I think everybody in this church should absorb and be used to. It said, verse 3, verse, okay, it is like the dew of Hammon. You know, dew is not like the full rainfall, but it keeps the grass green. It keeps the grass healthy. It says, it's like the dew of Hammon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For that place of unity, the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. So you look at our nation, you, you can't really boldly say that we are blessed, we are, we are experiencing the blessings, yet we are supposed to manifest the blessing, but we are divided along ethnic lines, religious lines. And I, as we approach this election, I want to beg everybody to rise above those, those, those things that limit the nation. When the road is bad, whether you are a Muslim or Christian, you apply the same road. When the hospitals are not working, whether you are a Muslim or Christian, it's going to affect you. So let's remove all these, yeah, I'm Yoruba, I'm this, and, and just see a, a nation that will progress, a nation that will develop. Leviticus 26, verse 8. So when the enemy wants to attack someone or a group of people, it tries to, it tries to isolate them from the rest. And isolation can happen in a church, it can happen in a marriage. Nations isolate themselves. North Korea, for instance, is one nation that chose to isolate itself many decades ago. And the kind of report we get from that nation is it's not too encouraging. Two are better than one. It says five of you shall chase how many? Are you there this morning? How many? Hundred. Five can put hundred down. And a hundred... Of you shall do what? Now, can we do some mathematics in this service? If five can chase a hundred, if we are to go by that sequence, what should hundred chase? Hmm? Amen. Lecturer. Where does that? Two thousand? I thought you would say, okay, five will chase a hundred, hundred will do two thousand, and then how many should now chase um, ten thousand? 500. But it, it, it comes to us that the more we cooperate, the more the results. Exponential. Five put 100 to flight and then suddenly 100 is putting 10,000 to flight. So what, what can we do to really work together? Amos 3.3, 3, can two work together except they be agreed so we can't just say, hey, people should work together. It's good to work together. It's, as, it's easier said than done. You all are aware, whether you are single or married, how chaos occurs in a marriage or in a relationship or even amongst, amongst friends. So that means there is a wisdom to be able to cooperate with others and produce better results. And I pray that the little things, uh, the few things I'll be sharing will uh, be of benefit to us. But look at the scripture. Can we read it together this morning? One, two, go. Except they agree. Hmm, agree. Okay, so let me share some thoughts that I think will bless us so that we can work together. Uh, for, if you're married, I think it will be a blessing to you. 
Um, number one is selflessness. Selflessness. Of course, that means selfishness is a major problem in any relationship. The moment something begins to push, push you to sort out yourself, you will make wrong decisions. It might look like a, 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 a logical thing to do, but it's anti-unity. Somewhere along the line, the decisions you make will not work. I, I, what I want to advise is always put yourself in the shoes of the other person. It will help your life. It's a simple law that has helped me that as a pastor, I want to put myself in the shoes of the of the congregation members. So when I'm preaching, I don't want to take too much time because even if I sit down and somebody's preaching for three hours, I won't take it. Some pastors still do that today. When you are the one speaking, you know you can go as far and be enjoying yourself. And people who sleep, snore, dream, wake up, submit their life to Jesus, receive their life back. I'm telling you, there's a way you preach the word. Somebody has decided that today I surrender everything to God. But you now take another one hour. The person has okay, I collect it back for today. I will submit it again next week. Business owners must put themselves in the shoes of the clients. Clients must put themselves in the shoes of the business owner. Husbands, put yourself in the shoes of your wife. If you don't do these things, you will be selfish. And you will know you are selfish, but just realize that most of your decisions are skewed into things that please you. Now that things are pleasing you does not mean the other person is happy. Now how do I know when it looks like I'm selfish? You will get reactions. You will get reactions. Especially when it looks like it's always killed in your favor, there will be reactions. And sometimes it's the reason why people now, you know, start to fight for their own right. There should be win-win. Can somebody say that? There should be win-win. Not win-lose. Not lose-win. Not lose-lose. Win-win. But it's better you even sacrifice for the other person as a seed. You will reap it back. If this is the only thing I'm sharing today, and you understand it, you'll be rescued. Parents should put themselves in the shoes of their children. Don't ever be treating the children based on, I am your father, I'm your father. When that child gets to a particular age, he will say, okay, father yourself. So you find some teenagers, they leave the home. I'm the head of the house. I'm the head of the house. <laughs> when he gets to a level, uh, head yourself. I dealt with the case some years ago. In this church, I mean, I won't hide, you know, and the man was heading the house, you know, heading. And everybody was just submitting. Submitting, heading, submit. 
the man was targeting the children to get to a particular age or school. One day, the man came back from work. The citizens of the nation have left. They left, including the children. And then they wrote the embassy some things. The man can't fly to see them. Can't enter that country. They wrote it where? A lawyer crafted it for them. And they wrote that embassy. The man can't enter that land because of that. I'm not saying what they did is right. But I'm, not, I'm saying that we can be far from that kind of thing. Win, win. Win, win. Win, win. Our daughters don't like world gecko. You know world gecko? Chris. When they see world gecko, they scream. The first time they screamed, I was very angry many years ago. And I reacted. What is wrong with your shorts? What's that? What? What? I got rid of a gecko. I'm going to say, calm down. What someone is afraid of, you might like, or not be afraid of it. That's you. Because you grew up with lizards in your father's house. <laughs> not that you are better. It's because from from your bath, lizard was passing your bed. So what gecko is like ants to you? To understand their pain. But if you keep looking at it from your own perspective, you will abuse people. Till now, I like what gecko. When I say like, why are you looking at me? I didn't eat them the way you're looking at me. I just I eat them. I say I like them. They eat um, flies, even mosquitoes. Even some small roaches. But when the kids see them passing, they are disoriented. So I'm, I'm not looking for the wisdom to train them in overcoming the fear of war. When they see war, they go, ah, daddy, come and kill it. I kill it. And they will take a sexy side and be yeah, on, using a nuclear weapon on a small reptile. But that's their pain. When you understand, when you underestimate another person's pain, you are selfish. You know why you're selfish? You are estimating their pain based on your own strength. You are selfish. I'm telling you today, in case you didn't define it to you very well before. When, when I say, how do you measure pain? Who knows how to measure pain? Professor? Pain is measuring. Can we give it a measurement today? Pain is, the pain is measured. I saw it somewhere. There's a measurement for pain. What, which one can we use in this service? Let's use it. We are the one here, so we can use it. Uh, in what? In pain is measured in, 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 in joules. <laughs> let's use joules in this service. So let's assume the person is feeling pain at 60 joules. You understand? But because of your own strength, you now minimize that joules that it should not be up to 60. It should be five. You are selfish. You are saying it should be five because of your own thinking. Now, what is that? What have I done? What did you do? No, that's you. It's affecting the person. It's 60. 
Mike Mundo made a statement many years ago that is very instructive. He says, mercy is interpreting another person's weakness in the light of your own. Do you understand, Chris? <laughs> mercy is what? Interpreting another person's weakness, not in the light of your own strength. If you interpret it in your, uh, with your own strength, you won't have mercy. If you will abuse them, what is that? What, 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 did I, what did I say? What did I do? Because you are used to it. Maybe you grew up with it. Like I grew up with lizards. Our kids, when they see lizards now, it's like a zoo. You know, I, mean, I don't know what happens to your own younger brothers. Or, when they see lizards passing down, they get a, hey, see lizard, lizard. Lizard and me, I'm in playing fellowship, growing up. But that's you. So mercy is interpreting another person's weakness in the light. That means when somebody does something wrong, yes, they are wrong. If you have to deal with it, can you look at something you are weak in? You will come, you will, you will respond differently. Hmm. Because most likely, that person's weakness is your strength. In fact, that was what pulled you together in marriage in the first place. So you find that opposites attract in marriage, extroverts and introverts. An extrovertish person that is very bubbly and, you know, uh, very social will often attract a very quiet woman. So that can also be a problem in marriage where he now begins to complain that she's too quiet. Can't you talk? Open your mouth. What is wrong with you? Or she begins to react that he talks too much or she talks too much. If you are an orderly person, like, you, you like, I'm, when I'm praying, I'm arranging things. I mean, she knows that. As I'm praying in the tongues in the room, I'm arranging things. I'm so, arrang I, 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 I can arrange you, as, I'm, I, you know. I just, I, I'm that, maybe it's, I don't know, I just like things to be in order. Now, she might not be like that. If I have to interpret our relationship based on that, you will condemn the person, you will abuse the person. But I have my own weakness. And that's if some of you even admit you have your weakness. That's another problem. Some people don't even admit their weakness. They always say it is uh, it's the person that made me do it. Can I have a bottle of water and do it again today? Let's do it again. I have some. Do you have a bottle of water? Yeah. We have this example we share in our, I learned it from, uh, what's his name? Andy Stanley. Because some of us don't even admit we have weaknesses. We always defend ourselves. We always explain away. Instead of genuinely apologizing that I shouldn't have hit you that way, it's wrong. Whatever happened, I shouldn't have. Don't say it's because of the way the world is wrong. Or I shouldn't have said those words. It's wrong. So what we say, uh, Franklin, you're, you're, you have another tie. You, you have another tie. You have, don't worry. Open this bottle first. Stretch it forward. So what we said is, when you're under pressure, the things inside you come out. When we are under pressure, and that's where selfishness is dangerous. When you're a selfish person and you're under pressure, you just tune everything to your own thinking, to your own side, and make decisions based on that. So when things happen between marriage, uh, husband and wife especially, and something comes out of a woman or a man, Sometimes we are so selfish that we now even begin to say, it's not, I'm not like that, oh. it was him 
or he or she that made me. No, I'm not justifying the pressure the person put on you, but also receive the revelation given to you. Do you understand? Please clap if you understand what I'm saying. Please come. Come and help me over this microphone. And if there's any place of pressure, it's marriage. Eh? Oh, this thing. Why are you laughing? <laughs> you are doing like we are doing the crusade. <laughs> I'm not. Amen. Are you ready? Yes, sir. I just enjoy it. You understand? Remove your hand. Put it forward. Do you know what I'm going to do? You don't know. That's why you're doing like that. Move it forward. Why are you facing me with it? Facing like this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, when the pressure was applied on this container, this is you and I. What is inside comes out. If there is pressure and you start lying, you are a liar. Don't say, ah, it's because of the way he talks. You, lying is inside you. Not everybody lies like that. Let's get this thing. While you are dealing with the pressure, accept the fact that you are a liar. You are lying to your wife or you have begun to lie to your husband. That lying will lead to greater disaster. It's just a matter of a few months. If what we, if, <laughs> if what we had in this container was Zobo drink, no Zobo. What will come out of it? Zobo, no water. So let's get to your side, amen. <laughs> and do you know that, thank you, sometimes God allows the pressure to come on you, to change you. And you know why God does that? All those uh, 21 days prayer and fasting. Father, change me. Ah, Father, I want to be a different person this year. Reboshke, reboshke. Let me be fresh. I want to be a better husband, a better wife, a better businessman. You are the one asking God for it in tongues. And he knows that you won't change if there is no... So just after that kind of prayer time, your boss begins to react on you. Do this. Pressure just shows or your wife or your husband. And then you now see yourself behaving in some monstrous way. Ah. If you don't settle down and deal with that, you will never change. And if you try to escape that, believe me, if you marry somebody else or change jobs, the pressure will still come again. That's why sometimes, not sometimes, most second marriages end up more than first marriages from the statistics. And most third marriages even end up faster because it is the same you. You can't pretend. Yeah, it says my husband is cursing the first one or my wife. If you have not changed, you will carry yourself to the next one. I don't know what pressure you are facing. If under little pressure, you start dating people, you start committing immorality, you are immoral. Don't say, if not for the way my friend talked to me, I'm not an immoral person. If it's not there, it won't come out. Sometimes it's excess, excessive anger. You just start using words that if they type the word on the screen here, people will rapture. Eh, she said that. Eh, he said that to you. No, it's a lie. He said that. 
That means that thing is inside. Praise the Lord. Put your hands together for Jesus. Ephesians 5.25. I have five points, ladies and gentlemen. I've only dealt with one. We'll continue next time. Husbands, love your, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for, are we there? 26, that he might sanctify and with the washing of the water by, verse 27, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without. Are we hearing this morning? Now 28. So, husbands ought to love their wives as what? Aha. He who loves his wife loves himself. Verse 29, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and what? Please, can all the men say those two words? Nourishes. Uh, hello, man. Nourishes. And just as the Lord does the church. The problem now is, it says, for no one ever hated his own flesh. Some people don't love themselves. Some men. And I've met people like that growing up in our families, my own biological family, certain. That's when a man doesn't love himself for whatever reason, the two extend to anybody around that person. It's almost like saying he or she is treating you as they treat themselves. So we need to be whole to be a blessing. And for all our singles in the house, I'm appealing to you while you are looking forward to getting married. Ah, ah, Father, do it. I want you to work on yourself. He says, for no one ever hates his own flesh. But if he hates his own flesh... In that sense, he will not nourish or cherish the other person. In that sense. If there's any prayers, people need to actually pray, Lord, I want to be whole. Jesus, make me whole. If two whole people marry, is heaven on earth. Wholeness. Because we have been damaged, Right? In our villages, in our upbringings, in our, some of the schools we went to, by teachers, by classmates, we have been damaged. So many people get into marriage angry, unknowingly, bitter about life, or carry some baggage. And then when the pressure shows up, those things just come out. And God is helping you to say, that, this is how you are. You need to deal with this thing. As you deal with those things, you become You didn't grow up in a home where you had staff. You are doing everything. Like my own family, we didn't have staff. You are the staff. 
and they will beat you very well if you don't do your work well. Somebody has grown up in a home where they had staff that does things for them, which is fine. You now get married, and then you now begin to think everybody must be like that. So there's some things that maybe you are proficient in, not because you are better, but because that, if I was born of poverty, you can clean the entire world, you can arrange everything, and if somebody now comes up that that's not the person's strength, you now begin to use it to oppress the person. But your own academic is zero. Zero, zero. But when you should be in class, you're washing plates. Tired. They are doing, after washing clothes for the family, you now get to school. When they're teaching math, you are sleeping. Why were you sleeping? Because you didn't, you didn't sleep well. So, you... thank you, Jesus. <sighs> I wish, like, really saying something else to, to finish, but um, I, think, I think that's okay, Ryan. Praise the Lord. The second one is adaptation. The third one is prayer rescue. Fourth one is forgiveness. The fifth one is relationship wisdom. The syllabus is full. We'll discuss it later. Let's put our hands together for Jesus. A man is not old until he stops learning. When you stop learning, you start dying. Learning is the key to greatness. Join us every Sunday at Global Impact Church at The Goodland, Ifako Bus Stop, Oworonshoki, Ogbudu Expressway, Lagos, Nigeria. Host, Yemi and Bimbo Davids. For inquiries, visit www.globalimpactng.org. Global Impact Church. Think greatness. Achieve greatness. Achieve greatness.